On today's episode of Chalk Talk, we have a special guest in a uh, strength coach of the year out of New York. We have John Martin with us. John, give a wave. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to be talking about how he's really kind of grown his program at Queensbury High School, uh, kind of starting out from scratch as he's gotten it up and running and where it's gotten to. So it's an exciting episode, especially given the fact that we have a lot of young coaches and coaches looking to kind of build something special, which John is certainly doing at his school. So this is Chalk Talk presented by Platform. Let's go. All right, so we are starting today's episode, like I said in the intro, uh, super excited to have you on, John. Thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. Sure. So, um, you know, in my brief intro, I mentioned you're uh, working over at Queensbury. Um, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of background, how long you've been there, how did you get here, and kind of what your role has kind of evolved into just kind of at the, the high level before we start to jump into some of the nuts and bolts. Absolutely. Uh, so for myself, this is my third year now at Queensbury High School. Um, but I originally got my start, obviously, was a you know, high school athlete, uh, a football player. Um, ended up going down to Salisbury University, uh, playing four years of football down there. Uh, really got to know uh, one of the guys who kind of started to pave that path for me, which is uh, Matt Nine, who's the uh, NSCA 2018 Strength Coach of the Year. Um, and as far as the strength conditioning, really understanding what goes into athletic performance. Um, so that was kind of the initial blend. Uh, Got an opportunity to do an internship uh, down at Duke University. Uh, so worked down there with Coach Noel Durfee, who's in charge of their football strength conditioning, uh, as well as Dan Perlmutter, who does all their uh, Olympic strength stuff. Um, and, and they kind of really opened my eyes to, obviously, high-level uh, strength conditioning at the Division One level, which was a really cool experience. Um, but internships don't pay well. So I uh, took a teaching job back up uh, where I'm located, really in the New York, Vermont area. Uh, was the head football coach for a few years. Um, and then was able to kind of transition into the job I'm in now, uh, really doing PE with uh, an aspect from our administration, really looking to start a strength conditioning program. So for me, as far as the athletic career, really kind of coming back around full circle from the collegiate aspect of being an athlete and participating in it, now kind of being able to run my own program. So yeah, cool. Cool. And it seems like there's a lot of folks in your position that like get some experience working at the college level and in the strength coaching world and actually start to shift back towards high school for that very reason of some stability and some kind of like structure. And, and that's really cool to hear that, you know, like many others, that's kind of the track you went. So, um, you know, you bounced around from, from Vermont. Now you're here at Queensbury and you yep. made mention just sort of starting to build something. So yep. when you first got here, what was the structure like, or where did it kind of have its roots? Um, you know, cause obviously you made mention to maybe not having like the full blown up and running strength and conditioning program just yet. Yeah. For us, it was really just kind of a, uh, there was a facility that was in use, uh, kind of some older equipment, um, you know, a lot of, you know, single leg Cybex, you know, stuff kicking around. So, you know, which obviously has its purpose, has its place, uh, you know, but for the type of facility that we have, we have a, like a 3,500 square foot facility, so it's just not too bad. Um, but really it was ingrained with the football program, uh, which I feel like in most realms is where everybody kind of starts or has started. It was more of a dungeon, you know, kind of a place where those type of people would kind of come and not that there's not a place for them, but we really try to just open up the doors, open up the room a little bit, uh, get rid of some older equipment, just create space for kids um, and have it be a space that really was potential for all teams and all kids. Um, so like I said, when I first got here, it was really a football thing. And over the past couple of years, 
We've really tried to open the room up and make it a more comfortable place uh, for all the coaches, all the athletes, and all even just the community to really kind of take pride in. Cool. And, and we hear that all the time. It's, you know, football focused and, you know, it's the traditional sport that we make the connection to strength and conditioning sometimes. Um, and, you know, yourself included having some football background, it just makes sense, right? Like you got to be Absolutely. big, strong, powerful on the football field. So what were some of the things that you did kind of right from the beginning? You made mention of getting some other coaches involved or some other folks kind of into the room, if you will. What were some of those things that you were looking for out of other groups outside of football so it was seen as a room that wasn't just for the football team yeah one of the things we started to see is when I first got here our head football coach who it was his first year at the time um which was awesome so he was super supportive I mean obviously still is um still a huge part of the program um obviously with a focus mainly on his team and his athletes but that transition of me kind of coming in really, like I said, changing the room around was a huge portion of it. Um, we've started to use it now during the day in PE classes. So kids are now just getting familiar with it during their day as a part of their curriculum. Um, and then the big transition came uh, when we really tried to look at trying to get some other teams in. My first year, um, one of the assistant football coaches, actually our head girls across coach, um, and he has a really great program. And he was like, hey, I want to – really start incorporating this into what I do. Um, and, and once that happened, we had a really decently successful program start to take off. Um, a lot of girls who were doing a lot of great things. So I think that was a really big swing for us. Um, and just having a, a female program really take pride in that. And, and that really was the branch for us, I think, that kind of started everything. Um, after that, this past year, our superintendent and AD really kind of started to see the bigger picture and, and really kind of opened their eyes and said, Hey, we want, we want to make this an official thing. So. Very cool. And, and you know, a lot of times that's where the, the shift has to be. So I want to pick it apart a little bit more in terms of, you know, uh, who was in the room when some of those first girls or other teams started to be involved? Was it a pairing of, you helping out as a strength coach with other sport coaches being involved. Cause a lot of times people say, you know, myself included working at not at the school, but saying, Hey, go to the weight room. And if I just say go, and I'm a coach of a sport that predominantly doesn't get in the weight room, they're not going to go in. I, I often felt like, all right, I got to be in the weight room with them to kind of show them the ropes or show them that, Hey, as the sport coach, I think it's important. And I'm not just telling you to go um, and deal with it on your own. Does that make sense? Like, how did you yeah, guys no, absolutely. navigate so for that? Sure. And that was the thing. I mean, obviously, the coaches were huge supporters. So we, we would have coaches, obviously, in there. And I think part of it started to be, obviously, at, at the beginning, we had other kids in there. So we had, you know, maybe some girls, some boys kind of hanging around, kind of seeing what was being done. And I think seeing a little bit of the structure of it um, and kind of the purpose and, and, and the big thing that obviously comes out of, to me, the most important part of it, besides the, the programming for injury prevention standpoint, was really just the team bonding. We, we had kids kind of really starting to click and, and, and you saw kids kind of getting on one another in a really positive way, holding one another accountable, but also being the first people to cheer one another on, which was a cool experience. And I think that culture shift really hit at that, at that point, uh, my first year in the spring. And like I said, that's where other coaches were really kind of trying to take part, um, kind of see it. our track program was a big one during that spring of, of really being in there. Um, and like I said, getting all their kids to be a part of it, which was cool. Um, like I said, I think that really having the coaches and other kids kind of see what was happening from that really took off. Yeah. And, you know, oftentimes when people start to get in the weight room for the first time, it can feel like you're sort it's like fragmented or you're sort of doing it piece by piece, right? Like, all right, we took 
two steps forward and three steps back. We got some kids in here, but you know, some of them didn't feel comfortable or they got intimidated by it or they thought, eh, this is stupid. And they, and they didn't really take it seriously. So I like what you talked about in terms of like kids starting to lift each other up, connect with one another. Did you feel at times like you would run into some bumps along the road? And, and if so, what, what did those feel like, you know, in terms of, ah, oh, man, it felt like we were moving in the right direction. And now we kind of hit a hiccup, if you will. Like, well, yeah, you I run mean, into some of those. Part of it, obviously, at the, especially at the very beginning, was, was just time, um, just consistency. You know, when at, at the time, like I said before, now this has really become a, a program, if you will. Um, it was just kind of like a, hey, we'll come in when we can. And that's maybe once this week. And then, hey, I won't see you for two more weeks. So you would kind of lose that progression. Like you said, hey, we're taking a step. We're doing some good things. And all of a sudden, yeah. I don't see you guys for two weeks. And it kind of doesn't really take a step back. But now we're just kind of right back to where we were versus sure. Um, and so a lot of that, I think, has kind of stemmed from how do we run this program now that's really official, making sure that teams are, are consistently making strides to, to getting improvements. Yeah. And so a lot of times it starts to come with like creating that into an in-season schedule or creating it into a general schedule. So how did you kind of set up a schedule with other coaches or like you made mention to having some support um, from admins and other folks, where did you start to like develop a schedule or a little bit more of a clear expectation? So it wasn't like, Hey, great. So-and-so's here, but we don't know if we're going to get them back in a week, two weeks or ever see him again. Yep. And that, that was a big thing. So like our, uh, our AD, who's awesome, like I said, our superintendent, who is fully on board with everything we're doing. When we started this program, um, obviously it came down to me of, hey, making sure we have the right person, obviously intact. And, you know, obviously it just so happened that I, like I said, had some past experience of it. So that was a, a really just huge advantage on my part. Um, but then it came into, as far as the scheduling was concerned, really looking at what is feasible, what, what actually will work for teams. Um, and then how do we make sure that it's a, it's a consistent message constantly. Um, John McKenna, who obviously is a, is a big guy in the NHS SCA world, the high school world down in New Jersey. One thing I took away from him when I saw him speak was, you know, you, you can have a lot of people assisting your program. Uh, you know, he, he compared it to being a bus driver. He's like, you know, you have people who, uh, you know, will help change the brakes, help change the tires, make sure everything's good, but somebody needs to be driving that bus. And, and what kind of got handed over to me was obviously the, the keys, if you will, to kind of sure. step into place and, and really kind of look at that and say, Hey, uh, meeting with coaches. Uh, so I, I meet with all the coaches, uh, through the previous season. So I obviously during the winter, I meet with all the spring coaches, talk to them about what their goals are, uh, how often they want to be in, what can we do to be consistent, uh, making sure they have expectations on their kids versus my expectations from what I expect in the weight room. Um, and, and that's gone a long way. To me, communicating is just huge. Uh, yeah. Being able to communicate as adults, <laughs> as coaches, um, and making sure that we're all on the same page and that at no point, you know, hey, we can't come in this week. Hey, not a big deal. If you want, we can try to get an active recovery in some other point. So being flexible, being good communicators, I think it's gone a long way um, with our staff of what we tried to do and making sure that those inconsistencies that we had at the beginning have really turned into, I think, our strong point is making sure the teams are getting in consistently. Yeah, and I like that because I think sometimes, you know, like there's certain, you know, types of strength coaches that will dig their heels in and be like, oh, I, sure. I hold the keys. These are my car keys, like you just yeah. described. And I don't want anybody working on my brakes or telling me that we need gas or, you know, yep. giving me a different route. And like, that's where I think, especially at the high school level, it's extremely hard because outside of like the, it's, it's not always like, I'm telling you what to do. Hey coach, I know strength and conditioning better. And I want you guys doing X, Y, and Z in the weight room. It's, it's, it's a lot of times like way more simple than that. Like, Hey, we have three games this week. Yep. 
I know my kids are beat up. I have to give them a day off and I don't know if we're going to get in there. That's the type of communication. I think sometimes like you talked about getting that bridge gap between two adults can be hard yep. because of all the other things that we're trying to like run through it as well. For sure. And I think every strength coach at the high school level, especially has that conversation at some point. There's always a one or two coaches who, you know, it may not be their things. So they're not comfortable with it. And I think it's really just kind of, you know, a big thing for us now is really just breaking down barriers, breaking this, um, really trying to look at what the weight room should be as far as athletic performance mm-hmm. versus what the weight room has been viewed on in the past is, you know, being football or being bodybuilding or, you know, whatever it may be powerlifting and just understanding that those are all have their genres. They all have their place in the world when it comes to, to fitness and being a sure. weight room but that's not the focus of what athletic performance really should be. Right. And I, I'm interested to hear what you think in terms of your message. Cause you just kind of talked about some of the messages that sometimes just get kind of like um, implicitly sent out or out of our control about the weight room in terms of who it's for or what it's about. And you talked earlier about like, you know, we tried to have a really clear message. Um, what was that message, especially as you were getting more people in there or now that you are kind of promoting that athletic performance um, yep. for your different teams? And then because, you know, you're not always with each and every team, what's your mode or way of getting that to those different groups as they're starting to like buy in? It's kind of, you know, it's one of those things that you know, you're probably going to offend people when you say it, but you, you got to focus on the teams that want to be in there, uh, the kids that want to be in there. Uh, so that's been a huge point of it is just, you know, we'll have some kids who maybe don't believe in what we do or how we do things because they hear it from uh, somebody else somewhere in the community or they hear it from their parents or, you know, and like I said, it's doing your best to kind of dispel those myths. Um, but like I said, we've done, an, I think, a decent job until this point. I think that's a huge focus for us going forward is really making the most of the teams who want to be in there. but our message kind of from the beginning has just been understanding we have no, especially now that, you know, our, our football coach says it best. He's like, you know, now I, I'm Switzerland. I have no, you know, kind of ball in the game, if you will, in terms of, you know, hat in the ring for how teams do successfully. Um, my big thing is just try to keep kids injured or keep kids, excuse me, from preventing from being injured um, and looking at making sure that everybody's performing at a high level. So, having that kind of as the backbone in terms of that message kind of being there. Sure. Uh, our biggest cultural message has been, you know, understand that, you know, we just want to see you perform at a high level. Uh, yeah. You're not paying for our services. I, I'm not there because you know, I'm not a, I'm not a private gym, which I know, like I said, some guys it's, it's a sales pitch. Um, I, you know, we just sell the fact that we're not trying to pitch you. Uh, yeah. We're really trying to just do what we feel is best for our kids. And, and the biggest thing obviously is you're also trying to stay on top of all the science that backs, you know, what we're trying to do. Right. And I think that type of stuff comes into play, like you mentioned, in terms of like injury prevention and and performance and things like that, in terms of like, you know, we're not trying to, you know, get you the, the, the perfect beach body or the giant, like the, the, you know, the, the arms and guns muscles. We're trying to help you get better at your sports or get better at performance. And I think that's really important. And what I, what I like too about it is like, you know, a lot of times we're, we're in a rush to go like completely school wide or completely get everybody on board. And what you made a great note of is like, you know, we want people to come when they're ready and not feel like any type of agenda or anything else like that is getting jammed down their throat, which it sounds like you guys, you know, did a good job juggling that. Um, yeah. Well, like I said, we're trying, but at the same point, just as anything, you cram anything down somebody's throat. Even sometimes it tastes good, may not feel good going <laughs> yeah. down. You know what I mean? Like, and so we kind of yeah, try to stay one. away from really trying to push our message too much, but just trying to say, hey, 
if you're willing to hear what we have to offer, sure. uh, we, we are trying to do what's best for our kids and for our community. Uh, but uh, as always, anytime it's something new, uh, you always get a little pushback, whether it be from the community, from parents, um, or from students. But like I said, our, our biggest thing is, you know, we, we have some kids who really bought in, um, and, and we're now at that point where we're seeing some some really awesome and positive increases in performance, positive increases in strength, and, and just those body types that we're seeing. And, and I think the kids who maybe didn't believe us at first are starting to look around and say, oh, okay. Um, yeah. It's kind of yeah. a message that speaks for itself. Right. We always joke internally like, hey, you know, some of your best sales men or women are, are the, the folks that actually showed up and oh, sure. they're the ones that start to actually prove it. And it comes kind of into that full circle. So, um, we're going to take a quick break. I just want to pause briefly, but when we come back, I want to kind of hear a little bit about that PE side of things. Cause I think that starts to kind of like fuel the funnel a little bit and get people into that comfort mode. So I want to hear what you're doing there and, and what that looks like. If that sounds good with you. Absolutely. All right. Awesome. Sit tight and we'll be right back. All right, we're taking just a quick break. Um, we're talking with Coach John Martin out of Queensbury High School in New York. Um, if you want to find more information on him, if you want to check out all the different types of content we're coming out with, go to platform.com. That's P-L-T-4-M.com. So that's platform.com. Come out with all these different school spotlights, hear from strength coaches, physical education teachers all over the country, um, just like we're talking with, with Coach Martin today. So it's great to have them. And, and Coach, I'll let you give a little plug on your Twitter because I love following yours as well. If you want, <laughs> I'll slip that in there as well. Listen, man, my, my social media game is, is really low when you look like the Joe Artaris <laughs> of the world or some of those guys like the Craig Edwards. I'm like, I'm always in awe. Like, I don't know how those guys do it. But yeah. They're all over. Their, their game is way higher than mine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll plug your uh, I'll plug your Twitter, Twitter handle into uh, the blog post and everything else like that. But, uh, you know, that's, that's a good piece of humble pie out of you. I like to, <laughs> like to hear it. So, yeah. Well, go check out lots more at platform.com. And with that, we'll jump back into the show. All right. We are jumping back in uh, with coach Martin out of Queensbury coach. Thanks again for joining us today on this podcast. Absolutely. Great. Um, so like I made mention at the very beginning, Coach has uh, gotten a pretty cool award um, from the NHSSCA, uh, recognized as the Coach of the Year in, in New York, which is an awesome honor. And um, we've spent a lot of the first half of the episode talking about that kind of like strength coach hat, if you will. Yeah. And obviously you made mention just sort of kind of bleeding into that, that PE side of things and seeing that as an opportunity to really start to grow things from that school-wide approach as we see a lot of coaches and teachers and different people doing those types of things. So talk to me a little bit about what the PE has kind of shifted to or started to look like in that strength and conditioning model um, at your school. Again, we'll kind of just navigate it. Where did it start? Where's it kind of going? What, what's the goal of the program on the PE side? Yeah, so for us, we, we we're, we're kind of in a, in a weird spot. We have block scheduling um, and the way that New York requirements work and the way that, you know, our school system, as far as the schedule works, we see kids once every four days for 80 minutes. So with that schedule really being locked in for PE, because we get backed with our sciences, um, there was really no way around kind of changing the daily schedule. So uh, a couple of things we did. The first thing we did was uh, we added like a 25 to 30 minute uh, fitness period 
into every block that we have with kids. So for those first 25 to 30 minutes, they come into physical education, uh, they get to choose a fitness group to be a part of. Uh, one of the things we do is a kind of a VO2 max testing where we get kids on cardio equipment, we do some resistance training, um, and then the third group, if you will, we call it our group one kids, we call that our human performance group. Um, and that's really what we look at as far as our athletes, uh, doing a lot with the, you know, squat clean deads, um, a lot of different lifting, talking about techniques and going over a lot of things like that. So incorporating that into our PE curriculum has been huge for our strength conditioning program. And just, you know, literally getting all the athletes and everybody, because we see everybody in the building, um, getting them in PE, at least a little accustomed to what would happen if they were to train uh, for their sports or for their programs, whatever it would be. Yeah, sure. Uh, and, obvious, and obviously that starts to kind of like bleed the middle ground, right? Like you're seeing sure. kids that are probably maybe not playing sports or starts to be kids that are playing sports, but wouldn't really consider themselves like looking for that extra level of athletic performance. So how do you juggle that? Like what is the kind of overall message within PE in terms of maybe not so much always looking for athletic performance, but you know, growing some of those fitness skills or fitness literacy that we hear people talk a lot about, like what, what are you guys looking to get out of there? What are some of the movements or exercises or things that you kind of try to almost ramp the kids through? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we obviously before up until this, up until I got here, we were really a fitness cram school. Obviously, run the pacer, do that type of stuff. So our, our big message to the kids was understand we, we want you guys to really grab a hold of something that you can at least take out of here. Uh, my message always is to the kids that you may not like what you do, but at least now you know you don't like what you do. Um, and kind of being able to introduce them to some different things that you know they may have not seen before, uh, things that they can have an experience with if they were to go get a wide membership or a Planet Fitness membership. So that's a part of it. Um, and then obviously the other piece of it, being obviously the strength conditioning guy is also how can we incorporate some of our athletic performance and understand and start to show some athletes, uh, teach them some technique, teach them the verbiage. Uh, it's obviously huge for our freshmen, uh, just being able to understand, hey, here's some things that, you know, whether you like it or not, some things that you maybe probably should be doing. Um, if it's not with us, hopefully somewhere else. Um, and just having that an ability to at least see and experience. Um, and for us, only seeing kids once every four days is the part of that structure that's really as far as, you know, we've had these conversations as much as we can do. Um, just really trying to, hey, just show as much as we can, show our hands, see what we have to offer, and, and hope that we get some buyback from kids in selling that message with, with modesty, selling it with, you know, real honesty to the kids. Yeah, and that's tough. So, like, some of those things, like you said, showing them or, or getting them involved or getting them to see the benefits of, you know, strength and conditioning or that fitness in general. Um, and you mentioned having freshmen and a, a lot of times I like to hear what different coaches are doing and, and different teachers are doing when you get that kind of like fresh group, yeah. um, in the fitness world or strength and conditioning world, where do you, where do you start? Like, what are the types of movements you're introducing? What are the types of things you're trying to get them to, to get just comfortable with over those first couple of weeks or first couple of months that, like you said, yeah. all right, we've at least given you something, you know, however, much or, or little you liked or can take away from it, we know that we're setting you up, you know, for that next step, whatever it may be. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that to kind of take a step back quickly is one of the things that we don't have is any type of like feeder system. Um, you know, you're talking to a guy like Scott Mears who's out in Minnesota, like what their middle school program does. And, and I, I, you know, I've read a couple articles or blog posts he's had, things on Twitter, uh, just showing how much his middle school stuff feeds into his high school stuff. So 
that's now been started to be a, a topic of conversation for us. That's where we're really going next um, is really start to look at what our middle school can be doing as far as just movements, uh, being able to move efficiently, move effectively, understand what hinges are, pulls, pushes, um, looking at what a clean is. What does a squat look like? Why should I be squatting on two legs versus one leg? What, what does that enhance versus maybe some things that would be better doing this? So, you know, just having those conversations with kids at an earlier level has been huge. Uh, we're now at a point where we're starting to look into doing a freshman orientation program. So any athletes who are at the middle school for us coming over to the high school, uh, setting aside time for them to learn the lifts that they're going to be asked to do, uh, especially in the fall, our, our football team and soccer team both have fitness standards. Uh, as far as testing to, to make the varsity squad. So if they're going to be asked to come in as freshmen and test right away, if they don't know what a clean is because they haven't been taught it before, how can we ask them to do that effectively? So that's been a huge portion for us as far as getting that new group to at least just understand verbiage, uh, have a visualization of what things should look like uh, or what at least a foundational lift should be. Um, so that, that's been a huge point for us, I think, especially now moving forward. Yeah, cool. And, you know, verbiage and different movements and things like that. Do you demonstrate it yourself? Do you send out videos? Do you kind of pair different types of things together? What is your kind of best mode or has seemed to resonate with some of the younger kids to get them kind of up to speed or, or at least familiar and, and trending towards comfortable with those different types of things? Yeah, I mean, two things. And here's obviously one big plug, like platform. Uh, it has been huge for us. Uh, as far as getting it in, the next step for us is to get it to our middle school programs. Right now for us, having it at the high school is huge. Being able to have kids access exercise, uh, be able to go through movements, demonstrations, all that type of stuff, and not having to be right there uh, has been nice for us. Being in a school of our size, we're not a huge school, uh, but where we are, we're one of the biggest schools in our area. Um, so having that, obviously being one person, really is a huge effect for us. The second thing is, and I, and I think anybody would tell you this who really likes what they do, is I, I want to be there as much as I can. Uh, it's definitely been a time balance with family. <laughs> sure. Uh, we have a one-year-old at home, and my wife's like, you're going back to school again? And, and it's just that conversation that, you know, in order to get anything off the ground and to have that consistent message as we talked about before, to me, I, I believe you have to be a part of it. Um, yeah. You have to be at games for kids. You have to be at those events that maybe are as important or, or maybe that you, you should be there. Uh, because I think to me, that has been huge. And I think just being invested in your school program, being a teacher is a huge advantage in my eyes. Because um, I'm here all day. I get to see the kids in different settings, the hallways, the lunchroom. Uh, yeah. I'm just kind of wandering around. But obviously then in the PE setting, let alone start to get into the athletic performance side after school. So I think just being present for me has been huge. And I like to be in those situations where I am teaching, sure. uh, where I am taking part so the kids can hear my message and run. And like I said, going back to it, the platform thing has been huge for us to kind of be able to say, hey, here's what we want. And then the kids can kind of go off and look at, oh, that's what he means or that's what he's trying to say because they have that message in their hand. Yeah, I like that. And, and um, you know, not just because you you made a good note of platform. <laughs> good platform I, that is great. And I'm not looking for that whatsoever. But <laughs> the other part of it, which I think is totally fair and like I struggle with it at times is like, I'm not at the school all day. And there does become that disconnect. A, a great piece of advice I got from a coach um, who taught at one school and coaches at a different one. You know, he's still a teacher, but he's coaching at a different school was, you know, whatever you can do to get a coach or someone on your staff, even a part-time volunteer that works at the school goes a long way because they can run into the kids. They can see how it's going. And you kind of have like a, an ear to the ground almost. I always kind of picked up on that um, and, and shoot for that if, if possible because of what you just described, like, yeah. you know, the ability to let them know and, and see you outside of just always coaching mode 
and pick up on some of those other things can really go a long way, I think. Yeah, and I mean, this is kind of get off on a little bit of a tangent. One of the things that like has really stuck with me uh, when I was, you know, 22 years old, 23 years old, I was doing my internship at Duke. And before I was allowed to step in the football weight room, Coach Cutcliffe asked me to come up to his office. And here I am, this kid. And I'm like, oh my God, it's Coach Cutcliffe. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, you know, I get to go in and I sit down in this room with him. And the first question he asked me is, uh, do you believe in God? And I'm like, whoa a loaded question to kind of start off with somebody you know in kind of a weird scenario but his point to that was he's like you know i it's not a matter of what you answer it's more of do you believe in something bigger than yourself and i think going along with that is, is having people who understand that it's not just about what you're doing it's not just about what that kid's doing it's about having that bigger belief that you're helping this kid you're helping the program you're trying to help your community and getting that message across yeah uh, consistently is what is most important Right. Uh, like I said, being able to be here in the building, as you're saying, sometimes when you're not, it's tough being able to be a part of that and, and being able to have that consistent message just because you're not there all the time. For sure. And, and a, a totally fair side tangent, I think something that a lot of people try to juggle or, or, or think about and, and balance and, and that's cool. Um, so I think where I want to wrap up, if, if you'll let me, is, is you know, you've talked a lot about kind of the athletic side of things, the PE side of things. You've talked about some of the goals you have. Um, yep you know, for eighth graders or freshmen or getting other people involved in everything else like that. And, and this is tough because I'm going to ask you to kind of give advice to somebody else in a, in a, a similar boat is I think a lot of times what you just described and all these different things is yeah. there can be that frustration. Um, and I think you just kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of like the reasons why to keep doing it and why to keep going. But for other coaches in, in your shoes or, or in similar, you know, you know, positions that they feel like, all right, I'm trying to get this up and running, but I'm struggling with it at times. It can be a challenge. What is kind of your approach or, or places that you can always kind of revert back to, you know, you know what, I'm, I'm trending in the right direction or, or I have these people on my side. You know, what are those kind of takeaways that you found to be the, the kind of building blocks, if you will? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I hate to sometimes be one to give advice because I mean, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I, I still got a lot to learn. There's a lot of guys out there who do it a lot better than I do. Uh, but, but one of the things, like I said, going back to almost that same message that I got, one of the things that I picked up from my time there with, with Coach Cut, just the belief system is really, uh, if you can affect one kid, you're, you're doing your job. Um, yeah. We always have that conversation. We'll talk about, you know, I'll have that conversation with coaches sometimes about, well, hey, you know, if I don't at least get 10 people to take part in this off season, you know, whatever, that I'm not going to continue to do it because it's, you know, well, to me, if you're going to get one kid to take part in it, that's it. It's worth doing at that point. Um, yeah. And that's been a huge message for me that, you know, you always try to keep in the back of your head, even when times get frustrating and kids aren't buying in or maybe you didn't get the numbers you wanted or you're not getting supported. If you're still having that effect on one person uh, as a teacher um, and as a coach at the end of the day, that that's the goal. Um, and that's what you have to hang your hat on. And hopefully, obviously you have that impact, but if you don't, you just got to keep, trying to plug and find that kid who you can hopefully have a positive effect on. Yeah. And I, I think that's a cool thing. Cause we, we, I just did a little spotlight on a coach in Iowa who um, his name's Justin Schaefer and he same thing, like you just described, it was like, well, I can't get everybody in there. I'm getting like moping up the weight room. I'm coming early. I'm spending my time and I'm getting like five or six kids at times, seven or eight kids. But it was to your point, like, those are the kids that I'm having an impact on. So I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to yep. keep showing up. And it was cool for, for him to say, and, and just like you highlight is like, I'm making an impact on someone. And hopefully those kids that I have this lasting impact on are going to go, like I said earlier, pitch it to their friends, yep. talk about it. And even if they don't, 
I made an impact on those kids. Like you just described, it doesn't always matter. And I think it's hard, especially in the world in which we live in is, Hey, Hey, check out how many guys I got in my weight room today. You know, you see those all the time and it, and I I get it. It's cool. And I've, if I had that, I'd be bragging about it too. But I remember I opened up the weight room one morning. I had like five kids show up and it's like, I want to post a picture of these five kids. You know, it's not the glorious 60, 70, 80, but these kids showed up. Yeah, I think uh, like going back to the kind of the social media plug, if you will, the, the, the coolest post that I can kind of hang my hat on over the past couple couple months of obviously going through all this stuff, uh, even over the past couple of years has been the one I just put out a post on all of our kids who failed during PR week. Um, yeah. Because, I, you know, we, we put on social media so much about all these achievements, all these kids do, and, and obviously those are great kids, and they actually PR'd that day, but trying to push themselves – uh, weren't able to get it. And just to remind ourselves that it doesn't always happen the way you want it. And as long as you can kind of keep working towards it, you're good. Right. And like you said, like you could do that for those kids and those, and there's plenty of times we can highlight that ourselves as coaches, especially young coaches, just saying, Hey, you know, I didn't get it right every single time, but I'm willing to admit that. So that's cool. Sure. Awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you jumping on. This was a, a great episode. And I think a lot of great takeaways from an athletic side, PE side and just, you know, approaching that world of strength and conditioning as we're trying to move in the right direction. Um, And what's great is like you made mention too, is like, it is kind of just, you know, a a slow crawl and and sometimes we want to rush into the very next things. But I mean, I think you've kind of come up in the time in which it certainly has started a trend in the right direction, um, especially at the high school level, which is awesome. For sure. I mean, we're trying to push it as much as we can in our area. Um, and obviously the NHS SCA is doing a great job. You guys are doing a great job with the podcast stuff, just getting out all the positive messages and all the things that can come from having a program that really affects kids. Well, for sure. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you contributing to that kind of overall mission um, and what you do. So like I said, we are going to kind of pump out a couple different things for you to be able to go check out from this conversation. If you want to, you know, tap in and start conversations. Um, like we always talk about in this world, you know, I'm always happy to chat with folks. I'm sure, uh, you know, coach here would be happy for someone oh, come knocking on their door. Love it. Love it. We just yeah. had a, a neighbor in high school today. Come to see what we do just because they wanted to reach out and have the conversation. So perfect. Absolutely. So I think that's a great plug um, and and certainly something that we'd all love to do. So thanks again for everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Coach Martin and everybody at Queensbury. And remember at Platform, it's always in pursuit of better.